Hey book clubbers, this is Brittany, and we just finished reading chapters 26 through 50 of the book Nine Perfect Strangers by Leanne Morty. There were a few surprises in these chapters, and we learned a little bit more about each character as the noble silence ended. Once the silence ends, all nine of the strangers gather together in a circle and introduce themselves. We find out that Tony was actually a professional football player named Smiley, which explains the two smiley face tattoos on his butt cheeks. Lars is a divorce lawyer, and Zach, the son of Napoleon and Heather, actually committed suicide. We also find out Masha has been microdosing them with LSD in their smoothies each day, and she just gave them a dose of shrooms, except for Jessica and Ben who were given ecstasy. Mostly everyone is outraged that they were drugged, but while they were tripping on shrooms, we find out a little more about each of the characters. Heather discovered six months after Zach's death that his asthma medication had depression and suicidal side effects. Zoe had confessed that she knew something was wrong with Zach before he died, but she never spoke up. Jessica tells everyone she is pregnant, <laughs> and Ben feels like he's saying goodbye to Jessica and not making up with her. After everyone wakes up the next morning, they find out that they're locked in the basement and cannot leave. They try everything to get out, but have no luck. Well, that's your chapter 26 through 50 recap. Let's see what Jen and Michelle have to say about the book. So in the chapters that we read this time, uh, 26 through 50, it started off with the noble silence ending. And then we find out that Masha has drugged them. She put LSD in their smoothies and then gave them mushrooms, except for Ben and Jessica, who got um, ecstasy. But what were your reactions to all of this? I feel like she didn't really think this plan through. Yeah. It's almost like she expected everyone to be excited about this and be cool with it. And it almost seems like she was, she couldn't understand why people were freaking out. Yeah. I think we had alluded to the last time that we felt that there was something up with either the smoothies or something. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't really think it would be LSD necessarily. Right. <laughs> And I guess that explains why they were doing blood tests every day if they were, you know, making sure. Yeah, no bad reaction. Overdosing or anything, yeah. Was the point of it to kind of like, you know, enhance their emotions? Like, open them up a little bit more than normal? I think so. Because, I mean, it seemed like... A lot of what she was trying to get out of it actually did happen where people were kind of talking more freely, mm-hmm. but just to, to, to drug someone or give them, you know, something like that without them knowing it is, is really dangerous. And then, I mean, I could, I would be really upset as well. Yeah. I did really like and we had said this the last time that this author does really well in 
developing her characters. It's just that each person's reaction was so, you know, so fitting to who each person is and fitting their personalities. And I don't know, it's just funny how, you know, Heather was so angry and, you know, Ben was upset because his sister is a drug addict. And then Lars was like, thinking that he was thinking things in his head, but he was actually saying them oh, yeah. out loud. So <laughs> it was pretty funny. Yeah. And Frances was have, just having a great time with it. Yeah. She's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> I think it did help um, Napoleon, Heather, and Zoe, though, because they finally kind of opened up and, and talked about um, Zach and how he died and then just kind of what each of their regrets was. Yeah, I was excited we finally found out what was in the nightstand that she found that they had alluded to earlier. Yeah. That's hard. I feel like did you guys catch the part where um, Napoleon at the end, you know, he kind of said to to his wife and his daughter like oh you know like I understand you can't blame yourself but I think at the very end of that chapter he was like secretly saying that he was so angry at them but yeah um, yeah I don't know if that's going to resurface later yeah it's like Heather and Zoe got that off their chests you know what they were keeping secret and feel so much better now but I think Napoleon is now yeah probably worse off than before do you think it was because he had always vocalized his regret like he always said i i can't believe i hit the snooze button if i wouldn't have hit the snooze button he still would have been alive and it seems like he's been telling them heather and zoe that the whole time so i wonder if him saying you know the secrets made him angry was because he's always been so open with his regret with Zach dying but the others didn't really let him know of how they were feeling yeah because I think that if you were really going through that it would help to know that your family felt guilty too and you would kind of say to yourself well I don't you know it's not their fault so I shouldn't blame myself either he's been blaming himself this whole time and they haven't said a word so it's like he's been alone in that for three years so I think that would make that would bother me if I were him it's a long time three years for Zoe and Heather to have not told anybody And will we find out that Heather knew that his asthma medicine had suicidal depression side effects, but she didn't really find out about it until a couple of months afterwards, but she blames herself as being the nurse who should have looked into the side effects and should have known. I think, I mean, I think that's a valid argument, but at the same time, like, She still didn't know at the time of his death. That's so hard, too, because don't I kind of get that she is a nurse and, you know, she told Napoleon like, oh, it's fine, you know, whatever, when he first went on the medication. But 
doesn't every drug have severe Mm -hmm. side effects? I mean, and I think Napoleon even said this, you know, the choice was he could take this drug and help his asthma, or then he could have had complications from the asthma. So, you know, yeah, no good answer. I thought it was interesting that so Zoe, Napoleon, and Heather all saw, you know, a vision of Zach. But then did you catch that Francis seemed yeah. to also see him? Do you think that, that there was someone there pretending to be Zach so that they would all have that same experience and see him? It could have huh. been. Or I was like, maybe she saw Yao and like thought it was Zach, but it wasn't. I don't know. But. Because it seemed like, especially with Carmel, so Carmel and her tripping was experiencing different bodies and she was trying to pick out whose body she was going to have. And then she finally decides on her own, but it seemed like Masha had a role in that in kind of, I don't know, giving her different options and was kind of a part of her hallucination. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there was someone that maybe we don't know of that was playing Zach in, in yeah. that scenario. Yeah. I mean, especially giving Zoe a chance to kind of resolve the argument that they had had and, you know, give like, just kind of move her along. So it could have been. Um, one other thing that I had noticed was, um, Frances, her, um, her hallucination, she's kind of spending time with her dead friend, Jillian, and, um, Yao is watching her. And at the end of that chapter, he says his senses were screaming run. And I, um, I, I wonder if that's because he knew they were going to lock them in the room after this whole thing happened. Yeah. Don't obviously we haven't gotten that far, but I'm not understanding why they all have to now be locked together when they're no longer un- I don't think they're under the influence of anything anymore. Yeah. I, so I, I took I took it to that they just freaked out that they don't want to get arrested and Oh that when all those people are like, we're going to sue you, you're going to get arrested, that maybe they just locked him in and just freaked out about what to do with them now? Yeah, it could be. <laughs> but if you think about it, they had the new deadbolt. They have the, um, the, camera. the security cameras. They have the water in there. I don't know. It, it does kind of seem... Like that was planned? Yeah. <laughs> I kind of thought that they would leave them all together, like, on something and kind of, I don't know if they would help each other through their issues or, or at least just talk to each other. Um, Mm -hmm. Just because I feel like they've all kind of judged each other, but don't know the backstory and it's kind of, you know, you always think your problem is the worst, but then you don't know what other people are going through, but I feel like they, they just woke up like kind of sober. So I don't know what if they'll do that or not. <laughs> well, I think as they're together, 
locked in this room, it does seem like they're kind of comforting each other and um, talking to each other. Because we found out that um, Zoe read Francis's book and she says that she liked it, or at least Francis <laughs> thinks that she does. I think they are ultimately like kind of comforting each other and becoming closer as a group. Um, it, it just seems like they're doing it on their own time. Like who knows if, if when they'll get out, I mean, they'll, they'll have to eat at some point. <laughs> this is the worst vacation ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, it's weird. And I, I think this is on purpose, but I don't agree with the extremes that Masha goes to, you know, I, I would not want to be drugged unknowingly. And I think that that's wrong. But at the same time, I do feel like she's helping these people with their issues. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of, it's, it's hard because it's actually working, I think. And Mm -hmm. so I mean, I think she's a little bit crazy, but I think that she just believes it so much, you know, that it will really help people that it's justified that she's kind of pushing the limit a little bit. And I think the other um, kind of big turn that or twist that we saw was that Jessica had said that she was pregnant and Masha was like, oh, no, I gave, (laughs) you know, I gave ecstasy to a pregnant woman. Um, do you think she's really I don't know how that was missed I don't know because why would she at the very very end of the chapters we read she's like oh yeah I forgot like yeah I forgot I said that (laughs) yeah I mean because she she was on something when she first said it right she was on the ecstasy and so I just I'm not sure (laughs) it's it's interesting Ben and Jess Jess's trip because it seemed like they came to very different realizations it almost sounded like Ben decided he wanted to give the money away yeah and that maybe he was done with Jessica yeah whereas I don't think she was coming to that same conclusion yeah she has hope and he's like okay you know more resigned that you know they were saying goodbye more than anything right it's yeah, and I think he even says that at the end of the chapter, he says that the kissing wasn't reconnecting, but saying goodbye. Yeah. With them doing the drug test, or not the drug test, the uh, blood screening each morning, if she was pregnant, I would think that it, maybe they would have been able to f- determine that through the blood test. Yeah, like if they're going to go to the trouble of blood testing everybody, you'd think that they would be checking that yeah especially for a young couple that's there i don't know i guess she was the one that keyed the lambo oh yeah and i love how he yeah i mean i guess it see that's why i think it was a good thing because they were able to she was able to tell him that and i think because of the drug like he didn't get angry he kind Mm -hmm. of understood why even though he might not agree with it but i feel like if she told him that normally he would be so mad, he wouldn't even think about why did she keep my car. I wish there was a way to do that without drugging people. Or at least, like, tell them <laughs> so that they could say, yes, I'll do it, or no, I won't. Um, yeah. Just so they're aware. I mean, I, I, I don't think it had to be a surprise. 
I think if they would have willingly did it, they still would have came to the same realization that they did through going through these hallucinations. Um, The other person that we find a little bit more about is Tony, that he was a famous football player. Nickname was Smiley. (laughs) Um, And that's how some of the, you know, the folks had recognized him. It seems like there's a some sparks flying between Tony and Francis. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, I wonder what will uh, happen between the two of them. Maybe they'll be our love story okay. since it doesn't look like uh, Jessica and Ben are going to work <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah. I like Francis a lot. I feel like she is like a genuinely good person. Um, you know, she has her issues, but she genuinely like seems to care about people. Mm-hmm. So maybe she'd be good for him. Yeah, there's nobody really awful in this book that you're kind of cheering against. Yeah. You kind yeah. of want everybody to get the help they need. I feel like they're making Carmel the most shallow because she's like so fixated on weight loss and then it you know, she has her her trip and she just you know, kind of accepts her own body, but then when they're locked in, she makes this comment like, oh, we won't be able to eat. Like, think of how much weight we're going to lose. <laughs> yeah, she's definitely got a one-track mind there. We get the perspective of the other um, the other participants, and they don't seem to think that she's that overweight. No, I think it's... Right. Some, she's it, probably average, but... I think she's just so hurt about the divorce that she's fixating on that. Like, that will make her feel better. But right. that's probably not all that that's not it, you know. And even the that Lars, who's a divorce lawyer, was like, oh, that's not going to make you feel better. What's going to make you feel better is, like, take all of his money. And I guess, I mean, at this point in the book, it's probably been the sixth day. I guess 24 hours has gone mm-hmm. by. So there's still about four days left. They're still locked in that room with no way out. I, I just, I wonder what's in store yeah. for them. Where do you go from there? <laughs> do you have four more days locked in the dungeon or? Uh, yeah, they're all still better. If they get out, they're like leaving and they're suing and blah, blah, blah. So they can't go let them out and think that they're just going to hang out for the next four days. Right. Do some laps in the pool. And I feel like they were kind of coming around to it. Like, okay, you know, maybe this isn't, you know, what I thought it would be, but I'll stick it out. But now that they're all locked in, I don't think they're so into it anymore. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think you you kind of have the couple of folks who are trying to work on the lock. They're trying to pick the lock. They're trying to put in any combination that they can to get out. Um, I think those are probably the ones that are going to be the most unhappy once they're, they get out of the room. Yeah. I'll be curious to see what Masha and Yao are doing. Are they watching them? Are they fleeing? Yeah, I still can't determine what their motivation is for this. I think with Masha, it's it sounds like it's something that she read about and wanted to give a try 
to see, you know, how this will all play out. Yeah. The relationship between Masha and Yao is a little, like, weird. Was it this section or the section before that he was talking about his family and how they were like, who is this woman and, you know, what's going on? And they didn't really understand him leaving his career to go work with her. Yeah, it seems like he's just blind. You know, he's so, so into her and her, I don't know, philosophy that he's probably doing things that he normally wouldn't, but just kind of blindly following her. Yeah. It's like cult-like, you know, where... Exactly, yeah. Like, they just say things, and they do sound good, but obviously these practices are a little bit unconventional. Yeah. And And I think they know that. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Because deep down, when he, when his reaction was to run, like clearly he knows mm-hmm. it's yeah. not totally I legit. Feel like the, yeah, Delilah, the other girl, and him are kind of like, yeah, like are you sure this is okay? And she's like, yeah, it's fine, you know, whatever. But so who knows? Maybe something will happen with them again. Like maybe they'll let the people out <laughs> and not right overthrow them. Masha. Yeah, I, I feel like we haven't gotten any clues as to what will come after this. So we'll definitely have to read the the rest of the book and find out. Yeah, it was definitely a quick read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read it pretty fast because I was like, it's just like, you just, even though it's not really a suspense type of book, you're, you just really want to know what's going to happen next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was hard to stop the last section. Well, we will see what happens in the remainder of the book. For next week, we will read chapters 51 to the end. I'm excited to see how the book ends and what happens to these nine strangers. Thanks for listening. If you're joining on Anchor, feel free to leave a voicemail with your questions. We can't wait to talk next week. Happy reading!